The opinions expressed in the Brothers on Law Show are for informational purposes only and are not a substitute for personal professional legal advice. Thanks for tuning in to Brothers on Law on Go Country 105. I'm Larry Mandel. And I'm Rob Mandel. And we've been trial attorneys here in Los Angeles for over 40 years. On our show, we will discuss current events, talk about legal issues, and have some very entertaining guests stop by. So stay tuned every week for Brothers on Law right here on Go Country 105. Good morning, everyone. This is Larry Mandel, Brothers on Law, and I'm with my brother, Rob Mandel. Hey, a big shout out to Mortgage Mom. What a great show, huh, Rob? Hey, Debbie. Yeah, yeah, she does a good job. Hey, you know, Larry, um, what do you think about this uh, current uh, environment where we're, we're really focusing on immigration? And there's talk and there's, you know, all this divisiveness. And, and walls. Yeah, talk about building walls. And, you know, kind of a almost like a hostile uh, view of people who want to come to the good old USA and find refuge. Well, it is about that. It is polarizing, isn't it, Rob? It's like we don't want them in and we are already in. So, yeah, you know, I mean, uh, my uh, our grandparents were from. Uh, another country, Eastern Europe. They came through uh, Ellis Island, you know. Um, I mean, and I know, of course, you know, here in Southern California, we we have many uh, people from uh, south of the border that that are working here that we interact with. So you know, it it is kind of a, a, a crazy thing that um, you know it's a dilemma. I yeah. think because we can't let everybody in. That's for sure. Um, so, but, you know, but there's some good solid people that are here now that don't have the proper papers, right? That's right. You know, and, and, and it's not that easy you know, part of the, I think of the problem is that the, the, the draw to cross illegally is that it's so hard to get actual immigration status in this country, much harder than people realize. And we're lucky to have with us in our studio uh, John Kazravi, who is an immigration uh, expert. He's a lawyer who helps these folks uh, try to get their immigration status. Welcome to the show, John. Thanks for having me. Welcome, John. Thank you. So, John, tell us a little bit about what you do in the immigration realm. Sure. Uh, I became an immigration attorney pretty quickly out the gates when I graduated law school. I kind of fell into it. I wasn't expecting it, but got the first job. That was it. And I fell in love with the practice because you get to uh, be with people on a one-on-one basis and really help them through across the process. The focus of my firm is primarily people who are getting married, people who are investing and starting businesses in the United States, and people who have extraordinary abilities. So if you're the top engineer, athlete, actor, musician, whatever you are, uh, I, I originally did full service every aspect, people in court or people um, you know, getting deported, uh, or they call that removal nowadays, or asylum. But then um, I, I really enjoyed working with families and investors primarily. So that's the main area. But I also teach immigration law. I'm a professor of immigration law at Pepperdine Law School. So I got to be up on everything, you know, and I also train attorneys in this process. So I have to know everything about everything. But uh, my personal focus, I like work with families in those kind of cases. Is it well, now easier? The, 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 oh, go ahead, Well, Ron. no, no. I, I think you were brought to touch on what I was just 
going to ask, and that is, you know, if you got a skill, you know, your highly prized engineer or, you know, uh, a physician or or whatever, you know, you're a professional and you're coming here or or a a famous musician or Mm -hmm. artist and you want to immigrate to the United States, I mean, that's a lot easier path than this poor uh, person from Guatemala who is fleeing violence and doesn't have a dime, you know, to their name. I mean, right? Yeah, well, it's hard to see easier. It means there is a path, but the ease of it is still really difficult. A lot of hurdles, uh, as opposed to the other person has no way of getting in. So once you have a degree and some sort of notoriety or, or skill in what you're doing, that opens the initial path of maybe an option exists, but then there's a minefield ahead of you of, of what's possible. You may have to find an employer that's willing to sponsor you, which if you're overseas, people hear have a hard time finding jobs, let alone if you're another country trying yeah. to find an employer here. Or if you're the top person, the skill that you have, um, you have to prove to an officer who has no idea about anything about your skill that you really are the top, and then go through four or five different levels of scrutiny, and all along the way the bureaucracy could hit you really hard, and will lose out on a top PhD engineer that's gonna change the game with solar energy or, or all, all these other technologies. Uh, and it happens constantly. And like my investors, I have, I'm a solo practice, I do everything myself, I'm a simple firm. Uh, and I have tens of millions of dollars uh, just in the last couple of years that are on the sidelines or they decided to go to Canada to invest because the, the government here just wasn't accepting it. They say, no, we don't, we don't want you to come invest here. Now, why is that? Why do we have this hostile attitude all of a sudden? You know, it started even before the current administration. So a lot of the hostility to immigration is always there, even in democratic administrations. It's just people assume that Democrats are more, more friendly towards immigrants and that kind of stuff. I don't fully understand what the ethos is and what the what the idea is that they're so harsh. And it's very random. There's a huge amount of inconsistency. So I have a case where it's on the, on the line of whether it's approvable or not, or maybe it's not even, it's a weak case and it gets approved. Then we have an extremely solid case and it does get approved. So it's just massive inconsistency, lack of education uh, on the part of the adjudicator sometimes, um, maybe not paying attention. It just complete inconsistency all around, and it makes it very difficult. You well, think it varies me, from? Go ahead, Larry. Well, walk me, on you. That's all right. No, but walk me through the process. So, the approval that you're talking about, I'm going to jump to the end. Yeah. Is that through a judicial officer? No, essentially, there's no judicial review of most immigration stuff. Very rarely they've made it like that. It's all discretionary. Um, so, first, for example, let's say you have a you know a top you know a, a nuclear scientist who's the genius who's going to change the game here. First, uh, USCIS has to approve the fact that they really are the best, for example, what they're doing, and that requires maybe a thousand pages of paperwork, and for an officer to understand that nuclear physics, what it is. So it's my job to understand their work first, and then kind of translate that as simpler kind of terms so they could believe that this is a big deal, because they might not understand the science behind it. And then they wow, approve it, yeah. Wow, so you're saying it's tough for a nuclear physicist oh, yeah. from some other country to get to get immigration status in the USA. Yeah, if, See, I didn't know that. So, so, so that means this dirt farmer from El Salvador who can barely, who may not even have a third grade education from El Salvador, what chance do that, does that person have? I mean... Uh, unless they get married to a U.S. citizen and they haven't made mistakes in the past. So if they might have applied for a, a tourist visa in the past and had some errors in there because they had their brother who speaks English do the form for them and they couldn't check it and the brother makes some mistakes somewhere. 
that'll follow their immigration history. And later on, they get married to a U.S. citizen. They're going to get a green card. And then they look at the paperwork and say, oh, you lied here. And the guy's like, I don't, I don't speak English. I don't know what was there. Uh, so and this, they're, they're banned. So doesn't the system kind of encourage these kind of putative or false marriages? Well, I mean, if you want to come here, if you're running away from some of these countries, you do whatever you can, whether it's false marriage or false asylum claims. All this is possible. Um, and that's where the, the, you know, the system is supposed to catch it. And that, that's the fear of fraud that they have. It's kind of you never know who's lying, who's not, you know. And I appreciate the difficulties that they have because it, there could be a lot of, of fraud and abuse. But uh, where is that line? How hard do we want to be? Do we want to be strict and not let a lot of people in who probably should come in? Or let it loose and let people come in. That's a, I think that's a political that's line. That's the dilemma. Dilemma, yeah. Because yeah, you know, tough. don't we really need? I mean, I mean, let's be honest. Here we are in California, and and our agriculture feeds half the world, mm -hmm. and most of the country, and we our agriculture depends on these very poor very uneducated folks migrant who are workers. The yeah. migrant workers who are the great fantastic uh, workers who, who know what they're doing in the fields yeah um, and and it's a very very hard harsh work that a lot of people uh, wouldn't want to do or couldn't do mm -hmm. in, in the same way and so don't we have an equal need for someone like that? than a, a nuclear physicist for yeah. some of them. I mean, it's yeah. economically counterproductive. So what yeah. do you think about that, John? Yeah, I mean, those 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 top-end jobs, they're few or far between. They stand out, but you need everything, really. And that's the base of this country, to have you know, support of all these people. And, you know, they could bring something that we don't even expect that comes with and not to say a bad thing. It would be a good thing that comes. And so uh, I think the demand, the economic demand should be first and foremost, really. I mean, there's a security aspect. You watch out, make sure it's not someone has some crazy history or criminal right. history. And they do that. You know, the U.S. government uh, works with countries from all across the world to share information. Um, and they request police certificates many times and that kind of stuff. But we need it. I mean, if we're, gonna, if we're a growing country, if we're an economic powerhouse, we constantly need people. Like right now, China is booming because it has all these people that are coming from the villages now to the city and they have that. And that's what we did when our in our industrial revolution, the 1800s and 1900s. So, uh, to continue that boom, we need people, and we need all sorts of people. Uh, but then, you know, it's a the decision the population has to make. But the good thing about these discussions is that people have a better understanding of it because they don't really think the whole aspects of these. You know, there's migrants that come. There's there's people are hotel workers uh, that come. Uh, like for example, in Florida, a lot of the hotels there in the summer it's so hot they don't have enough employees, so they have to bring temporary workers to come fix to clean the rooms and stuff. But these things are needed uh, in a, a thriving economy that we have. If we we're losers here, not doing anything, then yeah, we no one would want to come here. <laughs> but there's just so much going on. We're Larry and Rob Mandel, the brothers-in-law, here on Go Country 105. Do you have a legal issue you need help with? We want to hear from you. Find us on Instagram and send us a message. Then tune in on Saturdays at 8 a.m. right here on Go Country 105. So can these workers that you're mentioning, like in Florida, can they get a visa to come in and work? There is a temporary seasonal worker visa, uh, and it's used frequently. That's the main one that they use like for, for agriculture and the like. But, I mean, for the last couple of years, sometimes they'll hold up the visas until the, the, the picking season ends and all the fruit dies on the tree. So this stuff will happen. And it's, you know, each visa is really expensive to hire a lawyer, do all the paperwork, the background checks, and the new checks that the administration is adding right now. So it's like, how much am I going to make uh, as a you know farmer? I'm bringing these kind of people here as the owner, um, as opposed to how much I'm paying for a lawyer, the filing fees, and then the transfer fees, all this kind of stuff. And if it takes them an extra week or two to issue the visa at the embassy in Mexico, 
then you know half my crop's gonna die and and, and then what are you gonna right. do yeah. what a what a crazy situation this is, this is yeah. quite a dilemma it's probably better to have a lawyer start the process right it's too yeah, confusing it's so otherwise easy, so easy because i have clients who uh come to me and they do i mean a, a marriage case doesn't necessarily have to have a lawyer but you know people go there and they they joke around sometimes say something that's inappropriate and we got to talk to them it's like no it's not an appropriate thing to say they might have photos on their instagram page that don't look good and it's like well you know why did you do this? Or you could talk with them and, and get the idea behind it. Or they fill out the forms. Most of the times they fill out the forms as if it's not important. They miss information or they, they misspell stuff. And that's huge consequences down the line for their future. I have constantly people who put the wrong birthday in, misspell their own names. Um, they figure out uh, their birth certificate doesn't have their proper date of birth on it. They never pay attention to it in 40 years. There's just so much paperwork involved. And human beings have this annoyance of dealing with any paperwork I've seen that you, you need to have a lawyer that has the patience to go through it. And then that's if you don't have issues. And then once you have issues of previous marriages where they might think it's not a real marriage, for example, or or anything that could potentially pop up from certain countries that are problematic, uh, there's just too many things going on uh, that you got to keep an eye on. That's very hard to do it on your own. It's unfortunate because it's expensive, you know, to hire me thousands of dollars easily. And that's tough for people. And so, um, it's a difficult situation. I try my best to have stuff on YouTube where people can watch and on material, but it's really easy to mess up. Really easy. And how so long how, is how this do process? People, well, I mean, how do people afford this? I mean, if they're, you yeah. know, if they're a nuclear physicist and they're from a highly educated family, I assume they have money. Yeah. You know, from, you know, India or, or uh, you know, Iran or, yeah. or whatever. But, but from south of the border... You know, and I keep going. I keep looking down there because you know we we're in L.A. Yeah, we're in so, L.A. Yeah. We we interact with people from South America, Central America, and Mexico every day. Mm-hmm. So, um, you know, how does someone like that even have a prayer? And that's the problem. They they don't, and so they go in there not knowing what's going on. They there's deadlines all the time, or like they get a request for evidence for more information. They miss that deadline constantly. And so what they do is they try to do it themselves, which is a big problem that leads to deportation, or they hire this person that their buddy uh, helped them, and it's just some person who, uh, you know, it's like these tax preparers who want accountants who just fill out the, the, the 1040 form or whatever it is for taxes. They'll fill out the form, but the form is just a minute part of it. It's really picking out things that could cause inadmissibility or removability, or history is not right, or their divorce certificate wasn't properly finalized, so in the second marriage is not a real marriage. It's a bigamous marriage, and that's a crime. It's not, it's not allowed. And they don't bother looking at their paperwork to see, oh, yeah, they never, you know, the judge never stamped my divorce certificate. We need to get that done. So, yeah. And how long is this process, would you say, generally? Yeah, it t- depends on the type of case. I mean, it could be, uh, you know, uh, it could be a couple months to nowadays many, many years, yeah. Yeah, that's what I've heard. So the Statue of Liberty has an inscription on it, and it says, Give me your tired, your poor, your huddled masses yearning to breathe free, the wretched refuse of your teeming shore. Well, it's a lot different now, I think. Well, what do you think? Do you think that that is an irrelevant and an archaic notion now? You know, I, I did some study on you know, the founders, what they thought about immigration. It was a mixed bag. You know, sometimes at the beginning of the revolution, they were really into it. One of the main reasons that we uh, declared independence in it was the fact that the British crown wouldn't give America the right to naturalize people. And they had all these people coming here, 
And at the time, if you're not a citizen, you can't pass down property to your children, you can't own property, there's all these kind of property laws. So they really wanted people to be able to get citizenship so they could own property and have a stake in this community here, not just go back. Uh, so you see from the beginning, we want people to here to come and it's really an economic issue. We just want people to work, make money, and that's, that's American ethos. Uh, nowadays, uh, you know, if people are coming, we have, you know, we have laws about, uh, you know, getting benefits and stuff that didn't exist 100 years ago. And so I think that's a- the main thing that rubs people the wrong way. Yeah. The notion that someone's going to come here, maybe not make enough money or not make any money, and then go on our welfare system right. somehow and get Medi-Cal or Medicare. Sure. And uh, is that a real worry? It think? just drains the system. It well, is. You, it is both. There's yes and no, and that's what uh, this month actually has been the big push of the of the administration. They they, it's on. A, there's an injunction against it now, but a public charge rule. Um, there's a public charge rule that says if they think in their in their opinion that you're going to come here and go on benefits, then they could ban you from coming in. But they never really spelled out what this rule is. And on the 15th, they institute a really harsh rule that's going to cut down on a lot of immigration. And there was an injunction against it that came in a few days before, so it's on hold now. But then last Friday night, I believe, uh, uh, a week or two ago, or I can't remember the date exactly, uh, but uh, the president announced that you have to show you have health insurance if you're coming here with a green card, which is kind of hard if you don't have a social security number. How do you get health insurance when you're not already here? Oh, so that's unrealistic. I don't, I don't yeah. think there's any health insurance in half these countries <laughs> down south. Stay connected with us on Facebook, Instagram, Twitter, YouTube, and of course, brothersonlaw.com. Hey, if you missed any part of this show or you just want to hear it again, go to brothersonlaw.com for all of our previous shows and all things Brothers on Law. As a society, though, I mean, I mean maybe you don't know, but I mean, do we need to worry? Is that is that like a, a real problem that we have, you know, hordes of people coming up here and then just instantly getting on some kind of uh, public assistance? You know, when it comes to statistics, I've seen both sides of this. It's really hard to tell. But there is one aspect that these people are working here many times and they're a lot of times paying into a social security system, which they're never going to get any money out of. So they are contributing. Um, you know, just having young blood here is a contribution that you can't make it tangible. Uh, but, you know, if you're coming and, uh, you know, medical care is so expensive in America, it's so ridiculous that there is a cost. But maybe we should try to solve why medical care is so unnecessarily expensive here. Um, and yeah, that'll a, cut down the cost. That's, yeah. that's true. Yeah, that's one way to solve yeah, the problem. Yeah, what I found on immigration is a lot of the issues people have on immigration are, are side effects of other bad policies, whether it's our foreign policy, whether it's our drug policy. Um, and, and all these have repercussions that when you look at, for example, in Europe, the migration crisis there, a lot of people from Libya and Syria rushing to Europe. Well, it's like the European powers went and bombed Libya and Syria with help you. That's true. You create the situation. <laughs> these are all the, foreign colonies. I mean, uh, former colonies. colonies. Yeah. 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 So you is. create this and then the side effect is immigration and you try to cut that down. But it's like, well, let's, let's, it's like having cancer going through chemotherapy and you're worried about losing your hair. It's like, well, it's, yeah. it's the cancer. Let's deal with the cancer, which is policies you know and yeah. that's why they look at drug policies right now and it, it's mexico drug cartel so there's a war right now there well we're doing a lot of drugs here maybe we shouldn't have all these drugs banned maybe we should have legal and make it a health situation it's a very controversial subject but very. that'll maybe alleviate the need for cartels to control the mafia just like yeah. in the 1920s when they used to run the alcohol and stuff exactly like that, prohibition. get the yeah. discussion going but you know rob i want to I do want to talk about one thing from our world, and that is if a uh, illegal alien is injured 
in our, for instance, in the state of California, can he or she get loss of earnings? I think that there's been back and forth on that. Uh, I think originally, if you were um, making, let's say you're making $15 an hour as a, a farm worker, you get in a car accident, um, you could not claim, and you and you couldn't work for a couple months, you couldn't claim that 15 bucks an hour unless you could show that you had a green card uh, or or some kind of you know, legal immigration status. And that was law for many years. And I think recently that got thrown out, didn't it? I'm not sure. I don't have the answer to that. Ah, well, now you, you just threw us a, our own loop. Yeah. Uh, well, do you the, know about that one? I know for employment-based law where, uh, you know, your employer is doing something wrong against you. I think in California they have passed statutes to protect the employee. So let's say uh, there's, you, they can't, you know, have repercussions come at you and it's not a focus because uh, we want people to, you know, complain about bad employers. Uh, but the, the, you know, the, the immigrants are, are too afraid to do anything. So a lot of times nothing comes of it. That's so true. And I think in California there's, they've made some stuff where to benefit the, even if you're not here lawfully, just to, you know, be fair about those kind of abuses that do happen or, or crimes or, you know, th- things that are inflicted on people. I don't know an exact statute about that. But I think are, if you make the claim, then the issue of uh, illegal status can come in, and that might be a you know something that you don't want to have come into. I, I don't think testimony. that's true in in California right now. I think it I think it was true for a while. In other words, if you wanted to make a claim for your loss of earnings, then then the, your legal status was relevant. But I think that that law got thrown out. I would imagine with California Seems way it is, they would have yeah. gotten away with it, yeah. Have you suffered or been injured by someone else's negligence? When you need a legal team that will stand up for what is right, won't give up the fight and obtain justice, call 818-886-6600. Mandel Trial Lawyers specializes in personal injury cases of all types. Whether it's a car accident, product or premises liability, dog bite, or a catastrophic injury, Mandel Trial Lawyers are there for you when the fight is worth it. Call now for your free consultation, 818-886-6600. Let the scales of justice tip in your favor. I mean, you know, it's one thing if someone wants to come here and work and and try and make themselves. Like I said, uh, you know, our grandparents came from another country. Uh, I, I think, you, uh, yeah. John, you have a, a immigrant background yes, as well. Yes, my parents from Iran, yeah. Yeah, okay. So, you know, but if someone comes here and they're and they're suspected or they have committed a serious crime and I'm not, not I'm not talking about just being here as a crime, but I'm talking about, you know, a violent crime of some kind, do we you know, do I even want to spend the money to prosecute them in, and jail them and house them in in our country? Don't you forfeit the right to be here immediately by committing so. a, a, some kind of bad crime? Yeah, you do have to go through immigration court system. Uh, once you commit the crime and they put you through a process of, of removal, um, I mean, unless it's some extreme situation where if you go back to your home country, they're going to kill you, they're going to remove you. Yeah. But, um, yeah, through the process of holding them and taking them out, and the courts are so backed up until they get their hearing date, it could be a while. So just arbitrarily, they might just be hanging out here. Uh, so in jail. At, yeah, in, in immigration detention, depending on the, the, how difficult the situation is, because they're overcrowded there as well. But one thing, the policy administration has, it's, uh, it's gung-ho about getting everybody, and that fills up the court system. 
And before they would say, if it's a case where it's like not that urgent, we'll put that case on hold to get the priority ones, but now nothing's going on hold. So what happens, you might have a criminal situation where you really wanna get this person out of here, but there's 10 people that are children or parents of US citizens that are just here illegally for a long time, they are in front of them in the line to get removed, so they have to wait for their court hearing to get finished. So due process is key, uh, but you know, that's due prosecutor discretion, and that's uh, that's not happening under this administration. That's it doesn't make sense. And when you look at the numbers that they're attacking, the relative numbers of non-criminal people have gone up tremendously relative, and have come down the, the criminal ones, even though the push was to catch the bad guys, the bad hombres, if you will. Um, that yeah, hasn't yeah, been yeah. happening as much. And under Obama's administration, it's a very high deportation count. He was really deporter-in-chief. Obama was really big into deport deportation. His numbers were really high. So you can't really say he was not, you know, not for that. But he was really pushing the gang stuff and all that kind of stuff and putting holds on right, parents so. who are just old, even here 40 years, and they, that kind of stuff. Yeah, but now it's, sense. everyone's going. Hey, so, Rob, wait, John, wait, we're going to have to bring John ask, back again. I know, but I want to ask John one last question before we jump into this other stuff. And that is this. Do we need to be afraid of immigrants? You know, it's, it's just people. I don't think so. I mean, we live in L.A. Pretty much everyone's either immigrant or children of immigrant here or, or some way connected. I don't think there's that much difference. There's statistics on both sides that say immigrants do less crime, some say more. And I've one thing I learned from studying statistics in college is you can't trust statistics. So just from personal experience, if people have come to me, I don't have anything to fear. Uh, it just, if people have you know a good life and they're making money and, and just having fun, then that's it. The stress we're putting, because there's a population of millions of illegal immigrants here, obviously. And the fear of someone knocking on the door constantly and deporting them is causing depression. Depression causes alcoholism, causes drug abuse, causes them to beat their family, all this kind of stuff. And that leads to crimes, you know, DUI, who might hit you. So I think uh, not stressing out people so much is pretty much the way to go. And then having options and just working with it. Because at the end of the day, they're here. And so we're they're in our midst. And so we could create civil war and fighting and, and really hatred and you see this stuff and it go really controversial constantly hear people say oh white people are like this white people are like this it's commonplace to say white privilege and this and that and there is white privilege in the world that kind of stuff but it's so comfortable i see and i'm a mixed i mean i'm, I'm brown person but I, I i'm very hesitant to constantly attack white people but by this push of being anti-grant they go on one side then they come back and say white people are like this they push on that side and that causes civil strife that's not needed uh, so we really need to figure out a way to just bring it all together rather than attack each other because it's going to tear apart the nation. Yeah, so well, true. St well so stated, true. John. We're Larry and Rob Mandel, the brothers-in-law, here on Go Country 105. Do you have a legal issue you need help with? We want to hear from you. Find us on Instagram and send us a message. Then tune in on Saturdays at 8 a.m. right here on Go Country 105. So, all right, so, uh, Larry, yeah. um, let's check the Mandel message box. What do you think? Sure. Hi, this is Caitlin from Sun Valley. I went to the grocery store and when I came out, I saw that my car was dented from a shopping cart. Is the market at all at fault? Okay, so uh, what do you think, Larry? Uh, Caitlin, uh, uh, the shopping yeah. cart? Yeah. I don't think that she's going to be successful in holding the store responsible unless a store employee actually placed the cart in that area. It's going to be too difficult because... Uh, a customer could just put the cart and then also... More likely that's what happened. Yeah, and then it's, the wind I mean, or whatever, could, you know. You know, you could probably find some way of holding them liable, but it would be such a convoluted mixture of, you know, uh, an expensive venture to try and prove that their shopping cart system was awry. 
somebody. I mean, you could ask the, the market. They may do it as a goodwill gesture to fix it mm, anyway. Probably not. Yeah. But that's why you have, a, hopefully you have that uh, insurance. What's that? Comprehensive insurance. Yeah. Although, you know, there's usually people have a big deductible on that. So a little dent from the shopping cart may, may be cheaper to fix out of yeah. pocket. There are these mobile there. dent fixers. You yeah, know. that's call right. Call one of them. There you go. Yeah. And I think we know. So call us. We know a few. Yeah, right but, on. Um, but, you know, the I think the moral of that story, too, is that... Um, you know, you may want to ask the market, hey, do you have it on film? Maybe they have it on a film a video of the parking lot. And you can actually see the, the person who dented your car with that parking lot. These days we got film of everything. Why not? Smart. So um, yeah, uh, it's about time to wrap it up, Rob. Yeah, I guess it is. I, yeah. I, like you say, I think we could have John back and we could have, you know, a very thorough discussion. I'd like to hear from some, some more callers and some people emailing on this kind of thing. On the immigration so, issue, yeah. So please do send us uh, your uh, call call in or, or uh, send us your emails and we'll try and get your questions answered in this. Yeah. Hey, John, how can the, the public reach you? Sure, my website's jqklaw.com. I'm all over the place on the internet, so you put my name, John Kasravi, there, or just jqklaw, it'll all come up. Okay, How do you right. spell Kasravi? Exactly. Oh, yeah, K-H-O-S-R-A-V-I. Is there a phone number, too, they can reach you? Sure, 818-934-1561, 818-934-1561. Perfect. Hey, John, we really enjoyed having you on our show. I had a great time. Thank you for having Thank me. Thank you, man. And if, if folks, if you missed any part of this show or you want to hear it again or you want to listen to our previous shows, go to brothersonlaw.com for all things Brother on Law. We're also on YouTube, Rob. Hey, are we? Yeah. Cool. Yeah. And to our listeners, thank you for tuning in. And check out next week's show at the same time, 8 a.m. here on Go Country 105. And remember, let the scales of justice tip in your favor. The opinions expressed in the Brothers on Law Show are for informational purposes only and are not a substitute for personal professional legal advice.